All right, yep, cool. Yep. Final edition. We made it this far. We made it this far, exactly. All right, so uh, this is how I want to kick this off. Watching the draft, you know that the Nets have picks 21 and 22. The last time they had those, they actually, no, I was, gonna have, I was about to say the last time they had back-to-back picks was uh, the Marcus Williams, Josh Boom. But I'm trying to, was, was Cam Thomas and Dayron also back-to-back? Now I don't even remember. No, no, it was 27 and 29. Okay, yeah, all right. So it was the Josh Boone, uh, Marcus Williams, UConn duo. But the Rondo draft. Exactly. No. Exactly. So let's assume that the Nets, uh, you, get a, you get a Woj bomb right around pick, you know, 12-11. But it says that the Nets are trading with the Hawks, and they're trading 21 and 22, and let's say you know Royce O'Neal because the because the Hawks want a shooter, and the Nets are getting uh, 15 and some type of you know salary filler basically, so that the Nets can can move up, or, or no, maybe they're getting somebody a little bit better than that. Uh, but the, basically, the big part of the deal is that the Nets are moving up to 15. They move up six slots, which we don't see. It doesn't happen a ton in the NBA, but it does happen here and there. The Hawks, the Hawks feel that they want to use a couple of those picks for more shooting because they've taken such a hit, and they also want to get a, a new backup big, assuming that maybe they try to trade Capella in a new deal and fo- focus with uh, a Kongwu. Who would you want the Nets, who would you want the Nets uh, uh, taking at number 15? Wow. Ooh. 15. We only got one pick. Only got one pick. 21 and 22 are gone. The the Hawks really wanted Jordan Hawkins. They really wanted James Najee. They took, they, they, they want to take those guys back to back to just give themselves more depth. (sighs) This one, this one, you stumped me because I'm in a belief that we need both picks, but for 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 the mock, exactly for the mock. Um, because we we by the way we should note Jake Fisher, who I think as we we all think is one of the most connected guys at this point. He's someone who did recently say in his uh like you know weekly rumor roundup blast that the Nets are looking to package those two picks to move up. So I don't know if those two picks see, and you know it's got to be for a guard because this this draft. Is wing and power forward heavy? Yep. So them moving up, it's for a point guard. So in knowing that, hmm, it's two players for me then, and I'm gonna go JHS. Give give them something different that they don't normally hear from me. <laughs> um, and I think you put him in. At you know six six, he gives you height for the position. He's crafty. Um, you know, I'm hoping that playing with more space opens the game up for him. But it would be him for me if you're moving up because you get a little bit of the defense. And at six six. You could you should be able to post up and see over some of these guards. And he has the NBA body ready. Yep. Um 
Another name that people don't say is Carson Wallace, but I don't think they take him because they both, him and um, JHS, both not going to blow past people too much. They don't have that explosion downhill. But if you look at his game, he's not really getting by people, so he's more crafty, and he takes a lot of contested shots because of that. Yep. But it, for me, it would be JHS if we're moving up to get a point guard. And that way he can learn from Spencer. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I'm actually – I'm basically going to go in the same spot. I'm, I, I mean, to me, to me, JHS or Kobe Bufkin, to me, are the two, are the, are the two guys that Nets should be looking at. I actually – I agree. I like. I didn't Kobe. want to say Kobe I because, you know, I've said him a couple of times. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, me and you have been have been consistent with, with who we like. Uh I, and, and I also agree. I think, to me, Kaysen Wallace is – he's someone I like, but I don't think he's the right guard for this Nets team. He's obviously defensive-minded, and even though he sh- showed that he can shoot, I get a little more nervous about him as an actual playmaker. I think he's got – I think he's he's he hustles a ton, and I think I actually think he's better already than what we saw from Davion Mitchell at um, at Baylor. But and that's and that's kind of the guy that he reminds me of a little bit. I know people compared him to you know Drew Holiday or DeAnthony Melton, but it's kind of a similar you know defensive first uh, guard that can still shoot. But to me, JHS and or Buffkin is are the two home run type of guys that would be would be great for the Nets to be able to have. Both guys can both guys can shoot. Um, both guys are young enough. You know, uh, uh, Hutchinson just turned twenty. Buffkin hasn't even turned 20 yet. Buffkin basically is the age of almost a freshman, even though he was a sophomore in Michigan this year because he was one of the youngest guys in his class. Uh, and for Hutchifino, I mean, he's 6'4". He's got a 6'10 wingspan, which is crazy. The dude can – and I think he might be taller than 6'4". I've seen him at different uh, – I've seen, as you said, I've seen him even uh, listed as higher than that. Um, I think that he's he's someone to me that just – even though he doesn't – even though he's not an elite athlete – his feel for the game, coupled with it, with his ability to be a pull-up threat, coupled with his just cerebral mindset, is kind of the perfect guy. I think he's probably already smarter than uh, you know what Spencer is. I think he's a better passer than Spencer is. Um, and even though he has at times been an inconsistent shooter while at Indiana, I think you just watch him and he looks like someone who has a good stroke, has good mechanics. I think he's going to be able to shoot uh, in college. I like both his form, how he lands, all of it. Um, and then going to Buffkin, you know, what What I really like about him, and we've mentioned this on pro- prior podcasts, but I want to give a little bit of different analysis, is that he's he can use both his left and right hand at the rim, which as we've seen for guards is so, so, so important. I mean, that, that, that to me goes, it, whether it's in the playoffs, whether it uh, helps to getting fouled and going to the free throw line, all that can't be understated. He's also he, Buffkin's also six four six five has a six eight wingspan. Both Huchifino and Buffkin are are known for being able to play really good on ball defense, which the Nets that we've seen for a while haven't really had small haven't had guards who are big, let alone guards who are big and can also play good defense. And those two guys, to me, if the if the Nets are really trying to leave this draft with the potential of a home run pick. Those are the those are the guys. I do agree with Cool though that 
I want more young talent. Cool has been on this for a while that with this new CBA, and he's totally right, that with this new CBA, you want to have a lot of rookie contracts, and it and that's true more than ever. And so that's why, you know, trading two picks for one is not – is something that does hurt a little bit. But I think if you're able – I would only do a trade like that if you think that Bufkin uh, or Huchifino is going to be available. The only thing that I'm nervous about is – some people, a lot of the draft experts think that Bufkin has a promise somewhere around 10 through 12. I think it might be with Oklahoma City uh, because I think he canceled a bunch of his workouts, which is usually a sign that he's got a – he knows where he's going to go. Hochefino to me, has just been – and I cool, I'm sure you've seen this as well. He's basically been mocked all around. There are people who still think that he's going to fall to the Nets or even lower. There are some people who think he's going to go to Toronto at 13 or uh, or maybe OKC at 12, where Bufkin is also listed as so, going. So, so I wanted to do this exercise while we're doing this draft, because yep. especially for this one, since yep. it was only one draft pick. Let's go through and see who needs a point guard before they get to us. Okay. Because I think that's I think that's more realistic. Like people just saying, you know, if you listen to as many podcasts and different mock drafts, I know that me and you both, they'll tell you, oh yeah, they got an extra fifteen players going top fifteen. On top of the ones that you know going top ten. So that's twenty five <laughs> players that's going top fifteen. That's why I love Lion season. Like, when you look at it, I'll say, let's start off. I'm not going to count Scoop. You know, he's not going past three. That's just, right. a, that's, that's just a given. When I look at teams like the Rockets don't need a point guard, especially if the rumors are true that they're getting hardened. Detroit don't need a point guard. Orlando might need a point guard at six. But are they giving up on Struggs that easy? And Fultz? Suggs, Fultz, Cole Anthony, and and, they, and 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 Wagner has kind of shown that he can kind of play the point forward. So if they get a if they get a point guard to me, it's a Fred Van Fleet. It's a vet to come in and be the leader, not another young guy. Right. I agree. Um Pacers don't need point guards. They nope. got their backup and they starter. Nope. Washington, they could need a point guard to start off their franchise. Yeah, I think so. A lot of people think, and I, I've, Anthony I, Black. Yeah, people think that Black's basically been promised. Like, it, I think people will be shocked if Black falls after eight. Like, I think people think there's a chance that Black goes as high as six to Orlando because he's not going to go to, as you said, he's not going to go to Detroit and he's not going to Houston. So, Black, to me, is going anywhere. He's going to six or eight, but I'd be shocked if he goes past the Wizards. I'm with you. Okay, so then you have Utah. They need a point guard. Yeah. So right now you have one spot so far that truly needs a point guard. That's nine. Dallas is not taking a point guard. Oh, 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 you're not saying eight because you're saying Black is going there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so so, so we'll say eight and nine. My fault. We'll say eight and nine. Okay, no, no Dallas. Yep. We 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 kind of eliminated Orlando. Yep. OKC, you had the dude that averaged thirty five points this year. <laughs> um, I don't think you need a point guard if he's going to play thirty five minutes plus. 
Yeah, you know, you gonna right. The question is, are they gonna? Because I think there's a chance that Bufkin goes here. The question is, so that so now you have, I mean, because if Giddy Giddy can't shoot, so if Giddy doesn't have the ball in his hands, I don't really know what he's doing. And you're not giving up Giddy. Giddy's nice, right? And so then it becomes, do you want a real two guard that can create for himself? So we'll use we'll use OKC as a Half. They half in, half out, depending how it gets before it gets to them. I don't see maybe Toronto needs a point guard. Yeah, we'll see but, what happens with Van Vliet. But, but they need to know what they're really doing before they say we need a point guard. Well, no, either way, they're going to need a point guard either. But they got Flynn, Malachi Flynn there that they never let play. Nope. Then you have the Pelicans. You have... C.J. McCullough, the little Alvarez, and you got Dan, uh, uh, Daniel Dyson that's supposed to be their version of their point forward. Um, so right now, I would say the Pelicans is hard to read. It was really, I don't know what's going on there. Well, and by the way, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but Shams just tweeted that that Charlotte, it sounds like there is dialogue between Charlotte. Brandon and, Ingram, they want Brandon Ingram. Yeah, they want Ingram. So, it, so, but even still, to your point, if Charlotte moves down and gets Ingram, and let's say they get this pick, and Scoot goes to New Orleans, then Charlotte's not going to take a point guard because they have LaMelo. Yep. And just like Atlanta, I don't see... I no, they're not taking a point, guard, no way. But I keep, I keep seeing... People say guard, and I'm like, yeah, maybe shooting guards more forward, not not a point guard. Then there's Orlando again, no. The Lakers, no. The Heat, maybe. Maybe the Heat, but they got too many more glaring needs. I think that I think that pick's getting traded. Also, the Golden State's not taking a point guard. And I don't believe the Rockets are taking a, a guard. So I believe one of the Buffkin, JHS, Nick Smith Jr. falls to us just by default. Right? I mean, look, that would be – I mean, that's that to me, that's the home run scenario is you keep both picks and one of those guys falls. You know, because to me, if you, if you want to trade up, I believe that – 21-22, realistically, probably get you to 17. But I also believe, and who's at 17? The Lakers. I also believe that if you gave them 21 in Royce, you get to 17. Yeah, I would – look, I mean, look, I, what you're saying is right in that the Nets, the Nets don't need to – the stupidest thing the Nets could do is to target an actual number, which is not what they should do. They should target the player. So if the – which is why, as you've said, and this is your critique on Marks, which I agree with, is that instead of being reactive, they should be proactive. So the Nets should know as the draft is going, all right, Hood Shafino's still on the board at 14. He's still on the board at 15. Like – they don't. They only need to trade up to a certain spot once they have intel that one of their guys is going to go, and so yeah. Because oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was done. 
No, 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 no. Finish it, then I, I'll, I'll go. I, no, I'm no, and I, that was basically what I was which is basically that, like you know, they don't need to look. There's a chance that they could trade up to 15 all for nothing if 12 and 13 is Hutchifino and Buffkin, but it it may not be necessary. Yeah, my thing is once you get past Utah at at um 16, if they, if Utah didn't take because Utah has nine and 16. Right. Once you once you figure out if they if they if they want the guard like you know in that range you have to start looking. Do I think they're going to take a wing or the guard? Who's going to be there? So you're going to take the guy that you have higher up on your on your mock. So if they take the guard at nine, when you get to the Lakers at seventeen, you'll know. What what you should be doing, right? And the only way I see like some of those guards being taken is unless somebody else is calling up to trade the pick, right? I don't want them. I just don't want him to um not have a big picture. That that's the only thing that scares me. Like, you know, you want to see the plan and not the well, you know. And sometimes I think we're. I know people are going to kill me for this, but it makes sense for the Nets. I don't think right now it's best player available at the moment. I think we're in that position where if you keep your two picks, you can take best player available, but also look at your real needs. Because you should know by draft night with free agents, you have a realistic shot at taking. And so if you don't draft a big man in one of those first two rounds, I'm hoping we pop up with a Thomas Bryan or something, a cheap dude that that, that could be a placeholder and still be serviceable. Right. Because he's still young. Um, but that's what scares me. I'm just like, you know, it's kind of hard to say, yo, I'm giving away two picks in a loaded draft. And we're deprived of NBA talent past five or six players. Yep. The the one thing, yeah, I, no, I, I mean, look, I totally agree. I think the one thing that seems good is, is it's, it does seem according to Mark Stein, like the Cam Johnson thing is wrapped up. Like they said that, that they've, the rumors that they kind of have already even come to an agreement. I don't know what the money is, but they've come to an agreement. Um, yeah, because they could have they could sign him. It's not like it's just that this season is not over technically yet. Right. Exactly. Uh, so, I, so look, I, I think that they. I think the big the big question right now that's hovering over the Nets generally, even though I personally think this whole saga should be over, is what happens with Dame. And the reason why we did the Dame pod that we kind of did earlier about how would the Nets draft if they got Dame and we kept 21 and 22, because we assume that those picks are still going to be the Nets, because I think if the Nets get Dame, it's going to involve the more of the Phoenix and Dallas stuff, unfortunately. Uh, but I really don't think that they're going to get him at this point. And I think it's more likely that they hit singles and kick the can down the road and actually hope that a bigger name who could truly change a franchise becomes available whenever that is, whether that's, you know, Luca and Bead, Tatum, who like who, you name it, whoever it is, that yeah. that's what it seems like they're 
they're waiting for more so. Although, but the Dame thing is still hovering over uh, everything at this point. Well, I think the Dame thing is real. Um, so to touch on that a little bit more, like, you know, I look at the window with Dame, maybe two, two years, and then, you know, a real contending, I mean, you know what, I'm going to give it, I'm going to even say you get three years. Yeah, I think you get, I think three is, I think three is a nice estimate. I think you get three, and then that last year is the, this is the price we pay, right? But I also believe if you do the Dame deal, it needs to be the first move and the second move needs to come right behind it. So you already need to have that next boom because, and it doesn't have to be a big boom. It can be a double using your baseball analogy. If you get Dame, that's the home run grand slam, right? Yep then you need to go get a double. So I've, I have a question for you. What mm-hmm. is, what's your, what is your threshold for when the damn trade goes from, I would do it to, I wouldn't do it in terms of Dallas Phoenix picks. Like how many of them, cause you know, they're going to ask for them unprotected. So let's just, so, so let's just talk about it from that perspective. Wh- like wh- how many would you give up? At all, and and if the and if the answer is one is too many, that's totally fine. But I'm just curious. No, realistically, you... okay, yeah. realistically, we're bidding. So first of all, the first thing that Monks has to do is look at what Miami could give up. That's the which, first thing, right? Which is which is Hero, Jovich, uh, uh, probably Duncan Robinson as salary, and and they can give up to three unprotected first. Okay. Now, you know, when Miami gives up those three unprotected first, you're not even worried about them because it's so far, it's so far back. You, you know what I mean? Like Miami might still be good. Um, and they're a well-run organization. Right. So it's a little bit different than when we're giving up unprotected. My first pick I'm giving them is Phillies. 2027, top eight protected. You can have okay. that. Um, let's say the, let's say the Phoenix and Dallas ones you cannot put protections on. How many are you willing to give up? One. Okay, that's that's basically where I'm at. I would give up. I would be, give up two picks, like two or the Philly pick, which is basically semi protected, but not but a little bit. Well, what like, I, I hold up, but I didn't finish. I'm about because this is my counter to that. Yep. So, because you got to realize what we're sending out. So, what does he make? 46 this year? So, you would send out, if they don't want any money back and they, they, they really want the picks, you give them Spencer. That's 20. You're probably going to have to give up. I would give them Spencer Royce. No, 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 not Royce. Spencer, Joe Harris, that's forty million right there. So you can give them in Patty Mills. That's no money. That that's all expiring contracts. Because if you're getting rid of Dame, you're doing a reset. You're not keeping Grant. You you you're getting. You know what I mean? You, you're getting right. rid of people. So you want everything to come off your books. I would give them that. 
and I might trade uh, DFS or Royce just for picks. So if DFS gets me two picks, I'm I I want those, and that's what I'm putting in the deal to to Portland, where they can have those picks. I'm not giving up. If I can avoid giving up Phoenix and, and Dallas picks, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I just think, look, I mean, there, people online seem to think that if this trade happens, it was it, like it's a it's it's four or five picks and most of them are unprotected. And I think that's like I mean, that's like psychotic stuff. Like, I don't see how you do that. Like, if, if, if it gets to that point, then you need to trade Bridges. And you do the reset. Because to do that deal and give up everything you got for KD for Dane doesn't make sense. And not to say that Dame isn't, isn't a great player. He ain't never been MVP. He ain't never been to the finals. For all his great ones. I watched those. I watched when he went to the Western Conference Finals. He was winning by double digits every game and lost. Yep. Um, look, yeah, I mean, I just think, look, in, in my head, what I think is weird is I don't really get why, you know, people keep on comparing the Dame package to being what the KD package is going to be. I mean, for for I mean, me and you have our our critiques about KD. The guy is the, the guy has been for the last ten for the last ten years, fifteen years, whatever you want to say, a top three to five player in basketball. Dame has never been a top five guy. He's never been a Finals MVP. He's made it to one conference finals, and he's also thirty three already. And he's a six foot or six foot one, six foot two guard. So this idea that he should get four or five picks when his contract also balloons to me is kind of crazy. And I I think there's, there does seem to be a disconnect on how much he's worth. I know he was great last year, but I mean, I just think, I think giving up to me, if I see that the Nets give up three unprotected, like three Phoenix or two Phoenix and one Dallas and then salary for him, I would be upset. I think if it's two of them, I think then you're like, okay, I can live with this. Um, especially because they still have other guys that they can get, that they can, uh, they, they still have other guys they can get picks for, and they would still have picks to be able to get more guys that are, that, uh, that can play. But I don't know. I like, I just don't, to me, I don't really understand even from Dame's perspective. I just don't really get it. I mean, we were obviously in our group chat arguing about it. Like, Dame, if Dame is leaving Portland, and this is just something I think everyone needs to understand from like a rational human being perspective, that dude loves the organization. He loves playing there. He's going to go down as the best or second best player in franchise history. He runs everything that goes on in there, ranging from like it, uh, he's ranging from who's coming in for workouts to what. Mu- I mean, I've listened to podcasts where they say that he controls what music's being played during when they're when, when they're in the locker room or during practices like so I, you know he's the he's the he's the face of that franchise yeah right? like to go from to go from that to then pl- going to the nets and this isn't a slight at the nets but going to the nets where they're going to have to give up a lot of assets to get him to then have him bridges and cam johnson like i just 
I just don't. So that's why. It doesn't make sense to me why he would want that. So here, and so this is why I say, and I, and I'm glad you said that. So let me give more context on why I said I wouldn't be giving up all these picks for him. So this is the one thing when you look at the superstar, the superstars that get moved for for these major pieces, when they're getting moved, they're getting moved to go play with another superstar. Yep. So that's giving you your one-two punch. Now, if you had KD here and you told me we had to give up three, three firsts for Dave, you do it. You do it and don't think about it. Because now you have two top 20 players on your team. Top 10, top 12, however you want to look at it. You got two of them that can go close a game. You cannot give that much up for one guy who then doesn't have a true um, defining partner. For as much as we love Bridges, this is his first full season being depended on to go get 20-plus. So... We shall see how that play out, but you 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 do it when, and that's why I said you can't do a Dame trade if you're the Nets without it being Dame plus. Right, it, it needs to be something else that 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 lands that even if it's a fifteen and ten person, that's enough to 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 bring the Nets something. And then you utilize these 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 draft picks the correct way, right? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and the other thing that we haven't talked about at all in the last couple of pods, but it's something we've been on for a while, is the Nets have given no clarity about Sean Marks's contract situation. And to me, <laughs> like the fact that the fact that the Nets. Are, and we've now heard it from a, a number of people, so we're not, like, talking about this out of thin air. The Nets are clearly interested in Dame. And to me, trading a lot of picks and salary for Dame is not typically a Sean Marks move, In b- besides the fact that he might think that, his, that his, uh, his Nets livelihood is on the line and he actually needs to win some games this year. And they also need to fill up the seats in, in at the Barclays because – I hate to break it to Nets fans, but I don't think, you know, Bridges and Cam Johnson and Claxton, that's not going to be, you know, leading to leading to a sold-out crowd on a Tuesday night in November. So, to me, to me, that's the other thing that's going around, which I would love to know about, and whether the Nets are willing to do a slower kind of rebuild and see what's going on and, and whatnot. Because it's clear that the, it's, it's beyond clear based off what we're seeing on social media – that as much as people like me, you, and Bam would want the massive reset involving trading bridges, that just isn't happening. And so, <laughs> you know, it's um, it remains to be seen then what, what like what's actually going to happen. And right now, it seems like they're on a seesaw between trying to win if they're in this Dame sweepstakes and kicking the can down the road, which is what our, which is what our last podcast was about and what they would draft to 21 and 22, if that was the case. But I I don't know. I think it's, I I think it's interesting. I think that's why, as we've said, these next couple of days are some of the most important days in the last 10 years of the franchise, because they can go in a lot of different directions. And it seems like if Dame is traded, it's going to be sometime soon. I know it can't be official for Dame until July 9th, 
but there's going to be some structure worked out because it's, I mean, they're going to want to know what they're surrounding the rest of their team with. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's a long reset um, or re, I'm going to say retool. Yeah. I think, I don't know what they're going to do in free agency. Um, but like I said, if you can target a Thomas Bryant, you could probably what give him a three-year, nine million dollar deal, ten million dollar deal. Part of your part of your tax pay, he'll take that. He, he's from New York. You, he's serviceable. That you have a placeholder for Clax. I don't know. I don't think Sharp has a future here. Um, but he cut his hair, so you know when the big men start cutting their hair in Brooklyn. They start playing better. So we shall see. Maybe he could jump two inches higher. Maybe that'll work. Um, but, you know, I really think it's get a couple singles, right, um, and see where you're at because you might not be that far off and you might can get a start at one out. Right. And now that second year, you're pretty much a contender. Because if you can keep your depth and add somebody that 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 could that, that could be the lead alpha, you're golden. I'm just I'm just would like to get the person as they ascending as opposed to when they're right at their peak already. Because you you want to be able to balance that next tier. Because if you get a person and and, and I know it's a little cliche to say because people will say, well, nobody knew he was going to be like that, but a Jalen Brunson. That's that Mikael Brunson. That's yep. that next tier that they needed the opportunity and they don't cost that much. Find that person. Bring him to the Nets. We'd be okay. Yeah. What's All right. So let's well, let's close this, uh, this last draft pot out, this mini draft pot out. Did you think do you a do you think Dame is traded this week or in the next let's say like ten days and b who do you think it's to if you do? Well, no draft night, <laughs> and I'm always going to say that because if he's adamant about not waiting for another nineteen eight you know eighteen nineteen year old another two to three years in the Nets in Miami. It's coming down to either or. The Nets can always win it. We have better assets. If he's smart and say, I'm only going to Brooklyn, right, once he makes up his mind, then you can almost get the Bradley Bill package. Right. Because his contract is, if we're looking at Bradley Bill's contract, and saying it's terrible, and he's three years younger than Dane, right? And they both been heard about the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it again. You hear me, Sam? Yeah, I can hear you. Good. I was saying, if we're looking at, okay, if we're looking at Bradley Bill's contract and saying it's bad. Yep. Um, Dame is Dame is owed nine more million, and he's three years older. Right. So even though he doesn't have a no trade clause, who's going to strip their team of 
Like, who has the assets to strip their team to make the money match and still be good besides us? Right. That's that to me is the key point about Dame, and that's what I've been tweeting in our uh, or sorry, texting in our group all day, which is that the only way that I'm that that to me that the Nets should realistically get Dame is if is it is if Dame basically is going to Portland and is like, I want Brooklyn and I want Brooklyn only. And, and he gets to a point where even though he doesn't, as you said, he doesn't actually have a no trade clause, but because he has so much goodwill with the franchise and doesn't want poor and Portland doesn't want to do wrong by their uh, best player in history, that they basically let him go where he wants to go. Even if that means that they're not getting as many assets as they thought they were getting. Like if you want to, if you want to help Portland out, you could say uh, um, take take Ben Simmons, um, take Claxon, and take Joe Harris or Spencer. Right? You 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 have two years, and you're giving us Damon in in, in the center. So now you're kind of clearing their books for them. Yep. Right, and people be like, "Why would you get rid of Clax? Because you're going to draft the big man in this draft." Yeah, who who costs who who's going to cost a, like a fraction of, of two million, two three million dollars. And, yeah, Claxton's going to be making fifteen to twenty in in a in a year. Yeah, you know, so you do that. Dame's here. You didn't give up nothing. You may give up a pick. Right. Woo. Or you and you may give them a swap. They're happy. Right. Give them the Philly pick. They're happy. Yeah. No. Look, I. That's that to me. That to me is how is how the Dame trade is done. That that's Bridges going behind the scenes and basically saying like, say you want us and say it's only us. 